Jerry, I kind of dismissed you last week. Put my hands up now, and I'm not saying I'm infallible the way Owen used to say it. Apology accepted. And I was like, there's no fear here. No. Teams don't fear Dublin anymore. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Anthony Mullins, good morning. Jed, how are you? <laughs> Fantastic. I don't mind waiting for the uh, foreign game every other <laughs> Wow, wow, he's gone all in. Fired. I love it. Gale has entered the studio. <laughs> well, I'm very. Uh, Bring yourself to watch it yesterday. This is like. Uh, I, I feel like I've just come on to Today Tonight or something. It's, it's quite <laughs> argumentative this morning. Lads didn't have their porridge or something's up. It is, it is. What can we all agree on in uh, Gaelic football? <laughs> Diving. It's a scourge. It's a scourge. scourge. Yeah, speaking of the foreign game. See, it leaks in everywhere. Yeah, is it a yeah, scourge? Yeah. Is, this, is this one of these things? that happens in the league where we focus for two, three weeks on something that's not the actual results and we can isolate a couple of incidents or is there a greater issue here with players getting a little nudge and there's a lot of dunce in Gaelic football and just throwing themselves down? Yeah, I, t- I thought to myself, watching the league over the last number of weeks, I was kind of being maybe lulled into that the same, Nathan. I was kind of saying, ah, is it just is it just a thing that's kind of happening at the moment? Um but I, I watched a lot of football over the weekend and it's happening more and more and more. And it's definitely something that I think is being exploited by management teams. Um, and it's, by the way, this, this, this happens every year, you know. Uh, there's always kind of these unintended consequences when, when things are changed mm. uh, or a rule is brought into whatever sport. Um, and the big, big rule, of course, and the big thing that has always been a bit of a misnomer in GAA is the tackle. So what's happening now, um, I find, and, and you can see it with, with say, packed defences, and most 32 counties now try to get behind the ball. That's just a given. Um, and what you try to do is obviously slow teams down. And then if you want to try to break that, you either shoot from distance or you come at speed at angles and you, you know, you go with a person's shoulder or whatever it is and you come at an angle to try and beat a defender. But of course, what's happening now is, is that if you run into that honeypot, shall we say, and a guy manages to hold you up, well, then there's enough bodies around that they'll trap you very, very quickly and generally you'll get done for overcarrying. So the honest player who actually tries to stay in his feet and maybe break that tackle or get his hands free that he can offload the ball is actually getting done for overcarrying. So fellas probably have looked at it and said, actually, in that instance, if you just go go down. down there... You'll get it free. And because it's happening so fast, um, you know, in the sense of I'm going to left to right and a man is coming off my shoulder and I flick him a pass and he's running at a, at a different angle. The referee, first of all, has to quickly change his eyes as the, as, 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 as the, uh, the, the, the diagonal of the, of the, of the play goes. And then invariably he runs into a tackle and in that split second, the guy goes down and you go, was he tripped? Was he, you know, was he caught high? Um, was it a good tackle? Was it a bad tackle? And more than likely, as he hits that, the referee just blows the whistle. And that's it. And you're seeing a lot of that. Now, that, that's a kind of a, a tackle situation. Yeah, there's, there's also two, a lot two of other different things. Which yes. is, so you're talking about just the, game, the, the way the rules have changed. There's a benefit to going down easily. There's the other bit, which is play acting. Play acting, yeah. exactly. Which, which, so, so, so the first one, I think, can... Um, 
needs to be looked at and it, and it is it is a more difficult one for a referee it is okay um but i think they'd probably need to talk about it and when they get into the championship they need to define exactly well sorry they won't define but they need to just be on the we- lookout for because i think there's there's a lot of certain types of players who are doing it you know the usual where you grab your arm and then try to bring you down you know when the I'm arm comes the in over yeah. yeah that one that one's a classic so and, and it should be picked up really it should be picked up by referees i find sometimes referees as well are finding themselves in advanced positions I watched a lot of as I said even over the weekend where where referees are positioning themselves kind of in at the top of the D actually when the play is slow yeah. which actually is, is is a hindrance to the attacking team and it's actually a help for the defenders team because you now have someone who's actually in the space that maybe you're trying to create but anyway getting back to the feigning I think that's a scourge Nathan um, so there was a few issues yesterday there was one with Sean Kelly in the Monaghan game where again it feels like he goes down very easily yeah uh, was it Connor Cox who ran into Matty Ryan at some stage in the Mayo vs Common game yeah that is part of the problem here that there's such a pressure now being put on all the officials the uh, umpires to see everything and that they kind of feel if something happens the referee will come to them what did you see I'm not sure there was a little coming together and again, players realising, well, there's a good chance if I go down here, the, the umpire will overreact and he'll tell the referee it was a bit more in it than there actually was. Yeah, and what's happening then as well is, if you go down, so Shane gives you a daunt, you go down, I come in and I'm appalled by this and I'm your f- teammate and I'm pushing Shane and I'm calling the referee and there's a load of, you know, roaring and shouting. Mm-hmm. And of course, the elevation is straight away lifted. So the referee's looking around, you know, this is a catastrophe. Something's yeah, obviously yeah. gone on here. It's all very, very elevated. And the course is, they're now going and as you say, an umpire may have seen a bit of it. He may not have seen it. Uh, he mightn't have seen what actually happened prior to it. So in other words, actually Shane hit you first or Shane stood on your foot or whatever it is. Um, so there's loads of those incidences. I, I, like, I mean, it's been happening throughout the league, mm. right? There's been a couple of fellas uh, who have done it in the in, in, in last number of weeks who have got guys sent off um, or even got guys onto yellow cards which have ultimately then got a second yellow and got sent off. So I think it's... I, I hate it. I have to be honest with you. I think it's. I think if I like. I mean, if I was managing a team and have managed the teams in the past, if I saw a player doing it to try to get someone sent off, I'd actually take the player off. That's how much it actually irks me. I think no managers doing that though, are they? They're not. But like, I mean, that's. I don't care. I'm talking about yeah. myself. Um, I think it's. I, th- I think it's. I think it's a really, really weak mental attitude um, I think it's a horrible thing to do because if you're man enough you know you, you live by the sword you die by the sword is my attitude when it comes to when it comes to football so you dish it out and you take it back and it's a physical game and this kind of stuff where I see it going on I think is a disgrace I think it needs to be called out and I think as soon as someone gets a straight red or whatever it is for doing it now I don't know what the rule is maybe it's a yellow card probably more than likely it probably is it needs to be stamped out it really it's does it's so make. difficult though for the officials and I have an awful lot of sympathy because in an awful lot of the ones we've seen over the weekend there is a little bit of physical contact so a hand is put on so if you're sort of half seen out the corner of your eye a hand been put on and, and, and I do feel when you're watching it the player goes down must be embarrasses or falling where they go yeah. I've overreacted oh god I've gone this far i just got to keep falling yeah, I, I can't yeah, pretend yeah. now that i put yeah, this on yeah. would well, you remember a couple of years ago Tiernan McCann I got absolutely he got, it's the he, first he, thing I think of still when I think he of Tiernan McCann for all his brilliance castigated for it you know and now it's become again what, what, what sometimes happens is the more frequency it, it just becomes the norm mm. so people become kind of you know nearly numb to it and they kind of expect it it's like the overcarrying. I put up a thing yesterday about the overcarrying. video. Yeah, there's so oh. but there's there's so many things that are happening at the moment, and it's nearly just people are kind of watching the game. They're kind of going, 
well, they're not even getting kind of uh, worked up about it anymore because it's nearly part and parcel. But I tell you what helps that, Nathan. And this is like people go on about, oh, do you need a video ref? Do you need this? Do you need that? Like a couple of years ago, we brought in Hawkeye, right? And people were kind of saying, oh, do we really need Hawkeye? When you kind of would say, do we really? Like, I mean, how many sets of eyes are watching as a ball goes past the post, right? But Hawkeye, by and large, has been a very, very positive introduction. Like, I mean, remember last year where it kind of went on the on the Twitch <laughs> and people were like, disasters, what are we going to do? <laughs> Hawkeye isn't working, you know? So, you know, kind of press start again. So, I do not know, especially for Championship, how, why we can't bring in a video ref for those types of situations. I'm not saying for overcarrying. Where, where do you start? Where do you stop with that? Well, I honestly think for anything that's involving a kind of a, a, a you know, a, a situation where there's a coming together as in off the ball or, you know, on the ball, it's a yellow card or a potential red card or it's a, something involving something like a dismissal. I'm not saying, I know it's difficult, right? I know it is difficult and I'm not saying, I haven't, like, I mean, this isn't something where you're saying, right, we have to set the parameters this morning. Because the problem but there I is think the Hawkeye problem of, so the dubs are going to be punished all the time because they play all their games in Crow Park and they'll have 20 different cameras on them. Whereas if you're down in Sean McDermott Park in Carrick and Shannon, you'll get away with murder because they won't have any cameras. That's true. That's true. But I think if if you have championship, there's there's generally I don't know three or four cameras if RTE or TG Cahar or whoever is doing it. Um, I'm sure you can get an angle on those incidences. It's not like it's in lightning speed. A lot of them are these kind of things where you know I've tackled you or the ball has gone, and then next thing I throw an elbow back or I push you or something like this. It's it's generally innocuous stuff. Um, but okay, if that can't be done, which I think it should be done, it has to be looked at. Um, or 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 you know you just throw another or two sets of eyes on it. Just put another two. Put a put a like we ha- they have an assistant referee. Put one on the far side. Put one in each half. Like just actually loaded up with fellas who are actually have the ability to kind of watch. And literally, you would say as a referee when you're going out because they all talk to me, the linesmen, the umpires. Say, listen, I want you to observe stuff as the play is flowing away, or as you're literally watching players coming together you know so you you, you you know like I mean you know when it's going to happen you can nearly see the flashpoint if you're going down the VAR route in GA, it feels a, a very dangerous road when you look at what's happened in football and it seems to have created even more controversy if anything yeah. in, in the Premier League over the last couple of seasons it's part of the problem particularly with Gaelic football that like, it is a physical game so there is constantly comings together that sort of are in that grey zone of well is it a foul is it nasty? Like, is it, what's a dunt? What's a dunt? What's yeah, I know. What's yeah. the difference between a dunt and a red card? Like, is you know, do I need to properly hit you? Is that a red card or yeah, do I need to hit you yeah. in the face? Yeah, I know. Well, I, I, you know, again, I think I know I'm getting it back if I do either of these things. You know, no, 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 no. But it's it it is it is a question and and it's 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 very valid because where do you draw the line? Um, I think I think it, look there 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 are there are red card offences yeah you know and there are yellow card offences and then there's just the kind of thing of listen get up you know so uh, it it needs it is difficult because as I said the tackle all of those various different things were you know it hasn't been massively defined um, so you're in a situation where if I catch you here on the shoulder but my hand slips up because you have actually dipped your head and next thing I hit your head is that a straight red from me. Um, so do I actually have to tackle lower? All of those various different things. And the speed and the athleticism and the way guys are playing and the way the game has changed, where you're essentially sometimes running into a bulk of players, that only adds to the to the incidences of it. If, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, now you're saying you take off a player if he if he feigned injury. So the, the feigning injury or the overcarrying or the putting the, diving the head into, the, into a tackle, 
the reality is you have to do anything you can to win a game of football and these players know that so in many regards I'm not sure what teams or what players are being told to go out and do this sort of stuff but the dark arts has been around for a long time and I don't think it's I don't think it's going away anytime soon. The dark arts has. Um, I, I just think when I'm saying if if so, if I was managing a team, you lads are on the team, and I see you know someone going down easy, trying. I, I think what it does is it comes back to get you, right? I just think that's just in my view, that's just the wrong way to play the sport. Okay, if you're hurt and you have to be down. I've no no issue with that. Okay, now if I'm racing through on goal and I feel a tug on my jersey or whatever it is, and I go down, I'm not whipping you off for that, <laughs> right? Okay, you've bought it free, and it's actually up to the referee. You've made, you know, they, there, there has been an error. That's made, feigning as well, like the Sean Kavanagh, Conor McManus incident. Famous. Yeah, it's feigning, but it's it's not. I'm not feigning to take you sent off. I'm not feigning to get you a red card. You know, I think get an advantage though. Yes, you are fain to get an advantage, but you know it's so. So maybe, maybe I haven't thought this one through enough this morning. <laughs> <laughs> this is way too. I knew I was coming on to today tonight. A couple, a couple of weeks ago, uh, John Giles was in the studio, and I asked him uh, if VAR was in existence during the seventies. How many red cards he would get, and he said, oh, "I wouldn't have got any because grievous bodily harm was in existence." <laughs> yeah. Contact, uh, if VAR was around when you were playing for me, the, well, I tell you, you'd have, one, you'd have one less Leinster title to start. Uh, but <laughs> how many red cards? <laughs> No, but like it's it's I I I, I take your point, um, and there is the thing of you go out and you win at all costs. So so what does it all come back down to? It all comes back down to official, yeah. and it all comes back down to the ability to actually officiate mm. in the proper manner. So people will say, ah, oh, well, referees. I, I think I, referees have a really unbelievably difficult problem, and and the problem is they are mic'd up. I think they definitely need more assistance. So they need more assistance where someone who's even just watching a, a the match, someone is watching the coverage and is able to just quickly go back and say, no, listen, that was whatever it was. You, you would be there all day. You're right, Nathan. Mm-hmm. If you were going back on VAR and doing a situation like that and going back to the incident, you know, where did the source of the score come from and was there a free that should have been given all the way back there? I don't think so. But I think in certain things, like Hawkeye is a very specific thing and I think you could get a very specific thing for some incidences whereby a player is 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 deemed to have been hit and has gone down or something along those lines. When you get into the steps, you get into loads of different things, the time-wasting. Um, you know, a goal goes in against Mayo yesterday in Common, and the goalkeeper jumps for Cox, stands up then straight away after and then realises, actually, I better, probably should go down here and take the sting out of the game. And next thing, he's down holding his leg and he yeah. takes a good two minutes. But like that's all part and parcel of it now. And again, all of that. But I just think there is a bit too much of this... Um, where it is, there is either little or no contact, but guys are going down. It is embarrassing, as you say, um, and, and, and I think it has to be stamped out. We're, we're not going to have any time to talk about the actual matches over the weekend at this rate. Yeah, uh, no, sorry Derry against Dublin. So uh, Derry of this brilliant second half comeback. Yeah. We were just talking about Brendan Rodgers and how influential he was. You were in last week talking about Kieran Kilkenny and maybe, I uh, don't want to put words in your mouth, his game, not the, you know, he's still doing the same thing he did five mm. years ago and he was the best in, in the game and probably the best we've ever seen in the game at recycling possession. That incident in the second half where he hand-passes it over the bar instead of going across to Cormac Costello and they get the goal and they probably win the game. What's the mindset of, Corm- of Kieran Kilkenny in that position? I don't know. Like, I mean, he, he, he's, 
Look, Kieran is the type of fella who who you would regularly look and he's getting a seven out of ten. You know, he's solid. He's getting on lots and lots of ball. He's doing a role that is perfectly suited to Dublin, I think. But Dublin, maybe of the last five or six, seven years, they, they again. Do you feel he's when you say seven out of ten every game? Do you feel he sacrifices himself for the team that actually he could be? And he could have been the star man of that team for the last five, six years. He could be a Brian Fenton, a nine out of ten every game, but actually he plays within himself for the betterment of the group. Well, I think, no, I think what he does is he provides a very, very solid, sure role, which is that he very rarely gets dispossessed. He very rarely gives the ball away. Um, I'd say his stats are that most of the time he is delivering, and he, as I say, he's, he's very, very little balls given away. But I don't, listen, I think the modern game. You have to be able to, um, we've spoken about this a lot of times, you have to take chances, okay? You have to be willing to either offload as you're coming, like rugby, you know, into a tackle. You have to be willing to take a chance to go at teams. You have to be willing to put a long ball in every now and again. You have to be willing to spread the play quickly. Or else you're just going to go into this lateral game, which is which is which is killing sometimes uh, uh, teams in football games. So, uh, but I think when he looks inside, they're light up front, Dublin at the moment. You know, Larkin Odell, Dean Rock didn't really do great yesterday. Costello was in and out of it. They're working hard. They're all working really, really solid, but they just don't have that spark that they had in that forward line where it really scares the daylights out of you as a corner back. You know, even Khan flashes of it. But the one where he comes in, I think. I think what's going through his mind there is probably conservatism, really, Nathan. Because if he looks up and takes a quick scan across, it's a quick hand pass to Coslo, and and dare I say, they probably win that game there. You know, because it's sixty four, sixty five minutes on the clock, and Coslo sticks that away, um, and they probably push on. So it's 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 just I feel with that Dublin team at the moment, like Lee Gannon kicks three. Uh, I think I think Fenton got two. Um, so you know where the score. Whereas before it would have been always very forward heavy scores from Dublin. Now it's been spread around, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you're kind of thinking, what are we not doing that we can't get our inside guys on the ball yeah. to take shots, to take scores? And 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 look, fellas will probably argue and say, well, that is the modern day. You need cornerbacks and you need half forwards and midfielders take or halfbacks taking points, and that is true. But also, you would think with the power that they have up there that they need, to, they need to be getting more. We knew Division 2 was going to be where it was at this season. I mean, you just look at the eight teams at the start of it. Kildare, I mean, I, I don't know where to start with Kildare. Seven points, they only scored against Derry and Cork, I think. Twelve points of the weekend, but still losing to, to Louth by five points. And they're in serious. I'm just looking at their, at their fixtures. So themselves and Clare on two points. Uh, Kildare have Limerick away and Meath at home, whereas Clare have Derry away and then Limerick at home. <laughs> I can feel his eyes on me straight away. Exactly Kill Derby Limerick next week, it's uh it's probably gonna be Kildare Mead well, well, I, 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 I can guarantee you well, now, the Dolby Kildare Mead on the last day. I just I just it's just relegation shootout. Yeah, it's just written in the Who's going right? down? Because two, two relegations on, on the trot would be disaster for Kildare. <laughs> I'm not saying it wouldn't be a disaster to get relegated for Mead either, but I mean there's so much on the line with the Tatlin Cup as well. If I'm looking at the psychology of it, Mead go in against Dublin in Navan, and most Mead supporters will go to it thinking, well, we're not going to win this game, so a good performance is kind of what we're... So what's a good performance? Is that being bet by eight or nine in the end, and he just loads of effort and da-da-da? So, so if, if, if you get that, the psychology may not be too bad going into that last game. Okay, Kildare play who? Kildare have Limerick away before the Mead game. Well, like Limerick... 
could have beaten Mead yesterday, okay? Mead missed a bit at the end, but Limerick, you know, and, and that's after Limerick getting their handed to them for over the last number yeah. of weeks, right? So, you know, definitely the confidence is low in me. The defensive setup is is, is, is poor. Um, so, you're coming in deciding if Claire, if Kildare managed to get back on the horse a bit against Limerick. Now their confidence is kind of getting back up and saying, right, and it, it is a shootout. And Kildare, you know, meet Kildare, some of the... So, it, it always seems to be the last game. Jeez, the amount of times we play Kildare in the last day in Navin is unbelievable and generally it's for something where you're either getting promoted or relegated so I don't know it's Kildare Kildare looking bother like Loud won that game pulling up lads like yeah. pulling up you know they had they had the game probably done by half time you know Glenn Ryan I think feels like a fella he's saying getting back to basics and our basics aren't good that's that's you know what does that mean? You know that's the kind of guy who's probably scratching his head. He's not saying our defensive system's not good. Our attack. He's saying our basics are not good. That's not something either an intercounty manager can sort. Like that stuff from being a kid. If your basics aren't good, if your kick pass and your decision making isn't good when you arrive in, I know it can get better, but. Like you need that stuff when you land as a senior. It, it, well, it, it's a worry for a team that were Division One and are now Division Two and are now potentially looking at Division Three. So, uh, what has changed? Because I would have felt like even from the first, if we if we rattle back to only about what five, six, seven weeks ago when they played Dublin and Crow Park, they could have bet Dublin that night, and they looked quite decent actually. Kill there. And so confidence has been ripped out of that panel. They're trying everything and anything to get things going. And kind of a la Tyrone, I know we spoke about this last week, they need a spark. Tyrone have got that spark. And the spark only comes from hard work. Mm. And Tyrone put that in against Kerry. You watch the intensity that Tyrone brought to that. Every single fella did their job. Mm. Every single guy chased and harried and hassled. And if you watch the flip side to a Kildare, just even watch the second goal. As soon as it happens, there's two or three Kildare guys coming back. They don't sprint back to the D. They don't get back to the danger zone and the goal goes in. And they're the small things. The spark's not going to come from a guy kicking 1-7. That's not going to happen. The spark only comes from uh, putting the shoulder to the wheel. And Tyrone did it. And now, all of a sudden, Tyrone are like, oh. Mon and Tyrone and Clonus the next day. Are Delete all the uh, Tyrone and Crisis articles that we did last week. Exactly, yeah. Anthony, great stuff as always. Thanks for joining us in Cheers, studio. Lads. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.